Welcome to the What We Talked About in Class podcast, brought to you from the campus of Wayne Community College in Goldsboro, North Carolina, sponsored by the Foundation of Wayne Community College. Hey everybody, it's your favorite instructor, Ryan Bradshaw, and this is a podcast for Principles of Management, and I have some special guests since we are here at the end of the year that I want to introduce everybody to. This is my baby son, Jack, who is four years old. Jack, can you say hello? Hello. Say, say hello. How are you? Hello. Hello. Well, hey. Okay, so what would you like to tell my students? What would you like to say to them? What? What? Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll give you an easier question. Will you next? Wait, wait, wait. You want to tell them you love toys? I love toys. Okay, so what kind of toys do you like? Elmo toys. Elmo toys, okay. Yeah. So what, Jack, can I ask you some questions tonight? You can ask you questions? Okay. So what is your favorite food? Um, McDonald's. McDonald's <laughs> is your favorite food? What What do you like to eat at McDonald's? A Happy Meal. A Happy Meal? And what is your favorite thing in the Happy Meal? Chicken nuggets and fries and the toy chocolate milk. Chicken nuggets and fries and the toy and the chocolate milk. Okay. Well, I think that, look, I think that is excellent. And so when you go outside to play, what do you like to do when you go play outside? Um, play with my toys in the trampoline. Play with your toys in the trampoline. Is that fun? And Bella, too. And Bella, too, your sister? Uh, and white stuff in the house ride stuff in the house you like to do that you like to ride little scooters and stuff in the house and, and play yes. yeah so what is the your favorite thing to play with your sisters um do you like to chase your sisters uh, do you like to have them chase you uh, yeah is that is that just tons of fun yes yeah jack what is your favorite holiday you like Christmas? Uh-huh. What about birthdays? You like your birthday? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question, Jack. How old are you now? Four. You're four years old? Okay. Well, you're getting to be a, a big boy, aren't you? Yeah. Did you, can I ask you another question? Is that okay? Now, did you go swimming yesterday at your grandma's house? No. Well, you didn't. Well, I saw you go swimming a little bit. Did Jenna and, and your your big sister hold you, Ava? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Okay, while you were going swimming? Mm-hmm. Now, can I ask you, was the pool cold when you got in? Uh-huh. Was it really cold? Did it make you shiver? Uh-huh. Yeah? Well, let me, uh, I'm going to take a time out and talk to your other sister, your, your other sibling here. This is uh, my middle child. I don't know if I've introduced you to her yet. I think I think she actually talked on another podcast with my other class. Hang on, son. Where do we put that thing? I don't know. Where it went. Here it is. Here we go. Here you go. Well, here is, uh, this is my middle child, Miss Bella Bradshaw. Here she is. Hello. And how are you doing tonight? Good. Okay. Bella is doing good. We've established that. Well, come over here. Let me, let's talk. Okay. So... Um, we played a game earlier. What what was the game like? What what, what did we do earlier 
when we were riding down the road? What game did we play? Oh, we play this game where we guess what um, year the the like the Disney movies come out, and it was really fun. So, who ended up winning that game? I think you won, right? I, yeah, I think I won. Yeah, that's right. Well, so tell me about how things are going since you've been out of school. How how are you been? dealing with the pandemic and being at home with daddy and and your brothers and sister your brother and sister How, how's things going um, really good i like to play with jack and my biggest sister and i like to snuggle with mommy and daddy and it's just been really fun okay not bad and so um tell me about your typical day what do you like to do throughout the day that's fun for you eat sleep and play <laughs> play in the house watch tv play outside and go in the woods okay so yeah bella and her older sister have developed a fort that they a secret fort hideout that they go and, and play in the woods and then bella came and saw me is it yesterday or the day before yesterday and says daddy i gotta tell you something <laughs> she'll do that every once in a while and then she'll say uh ava and i like brought in a scooter while you were away <laughs> and we've been riding this scooter in the house <laughs> And it's just one of those little, you know, two-wheeler scooters. But, and another one, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. But they, they just uh, they thought since they cleaned off the floor very nicely that they could just ride around in the house on scooters. <laughs> so that's, you know, it's not electric it's or, or motor-powered. It's just a kick scooter. But yeah. So, what's your, Ava, Bella, what's your favorite holiday? Christmas and Halloween and Valentine's Day well, and Easter. <laughs> okay, what was your favorite holiday? Oh, all these holidays? So. <laughs> okay, I got you. Well... If you had to pick one, though, which one would you go with? Christmas. Probably Christmas? Okay. Because uh, it's about celebrating Jesus, and you get gifts, but that's not the thing about Christmas. It's about love and Jesus and God. Well, see, you know, when you're a kid... It's, it's all a, about the present. Well, not just that, but, you know, you think about it in terms of what am I getting. But as you get older, it's what, what you're giving. You know, like, I, I get a lot of joy out of picking out presents and prizes for other people and uh doing nice things for people so that's that's good i, I like christmas too yeah christmas is is a every, win daddy does christmas every day because he is very kind well i appreciate that i try to try to bring the christmas spirit year round <laughs> so well tell tell everybody what we did this morning what did we do this morning we went to a potato drop uh, explain what that is we'll explain it's what that is. like where you go put potatoes in this large truck and they send them off into to like a um like a nursing home maybe well they they give them to food pantries pantries. right and they give them to uh other food distribution agencies like the the food bank and so what happened today was uh, and what's happening pretty much year round but but you know now we're seeing a larger influx uh, you, you probably know that I, I work part-time with the Society St. Andrew, which is a basically a food salvage and gleaning organization. We, we work with uh, farmers, and we work with uh, food distributors, and we work with um, uh, agencies and volunteers in order to get produce that is either left in the field or overstocked produce. Uh, and today, we were fortunate to have... Uh, an 18-wheeler full of potatoes. I had 18 pallets. Each pallet weighed approximately 2,200 pounds, so right at 20,000 pounds of potatoes. And um, 
we met at this place called the Mercy Center outside of Goldsboro and closer to the uh, Rosewood area. And these different food agencies um, basically showed up to take those potatoes to different places throughout the eastern North Carolina and in the middle of the state. What, what you got? Well, go ahead and ask or, or say what you got. Oh, okay. Well, Bella wants me to ask her what her favorite food is. So tell me what's your favorite food. Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Now, this is a true confession. How old are you now? I'm nine years old. And so you just had Taco Bell for the first time last week. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. And I don't understand how that happens because uh, I've been going to Taco Bell for a while. I don't go that often. You know, I think I did mention in class that uh, Taco Bell is kind of one of those things that I get like once every three or four months, and then I realize, okay, that's enough for the next three or four months. But Bella did want to try it. And what did you have the the first time you tried Taco Bell? I had a quesadilla with two Cinnabons and a Dr. Pepper, and it was so good. Okay. And then tonight you tried something different, right? What did you try tonight? I had, I had a two, two soft tacos with a... Uh, steak lettuce and cheese in it it was so good and i had a baja blast drink okay but a lot of the times daddy will cook won't he and so what is some of the things that i've cooked recently that you really like um spaghetti and um we had tacos last night tacos Chicken. You mean the other night because Jack stayed. Well, no, we had we had tacos last night. Remember? At, oh yeah. yeah. And then I uh, also grilled some chicken. That's good. Mm-hmm. And hamburgers and hot dogs. And pork chops yeah. and uh, chicken. So all kinds of good stuff. Did you did you know that we may be facing a meat shortage? That's something yeah. in the news. That's where uh, some of the meat factories have closed down because of the coronavirus. And they're saying that we could have a meat shortage. I don't know if we will or not, but we'll, we'll be all right regardless. But um, what is your favorite meats? I don't. I don't know if I know. Chicken. Probably chicken. And yeah. Steak and pork chop. Chicken and steak and pork chop. That's her favorite. Her favorite individual meat. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. Well, what else would you like to say before we get into the lecture? And you can help me with that a little bit. Um. I love Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell. That's a great way to end it. Well, okay, Bella. Well, what we're doing right now is we're talking about Chapter 15, and that's on managing teams. What I do is I teach students about management. That's one of the topics I talk about. I also talk about the law and and business law because I teach business. And I talk to people about how to start businesses, and I talk to people about how to manage them, and uh, just several different... Being a manager, kind of? Yeah, being a manager, that's correct. And so each uh, each part of our lecture, each part of the conversation I have with students, there's a main topic, and this week's main topic is on managing teams. And the things I've talked about, um, when I last started talking about this, we talked about emotional intelligence. This is where, don't you know when you have like... Uh, you, you sense somebody is not feeling happy or they are feeling happy. Do you do that sometimes? Yes. 
Well, that's what managers are supposed to do, too. They're supposed to sense how other people are thinking and feeling. That's called emotional intelligence. And uh, managers are supposed to collaborate, bring people together, and be able to uh, manage many different types of personalities. So this is some stuff we talked about last time. We also talked about Bruce Tuckman. He was a professor, and he came up with this idea of stages of group development. And in the stages of group development, they start out by forming a team. Then they go through this phase called storming, which is where they're trying to figure each other out. And then they start normalizing. And then they start performing. And, you know, families go through this, too. Did you know that? Because sometimes we form a family, right? And then we, like, have to get used to each other. You know, anytime, like, for a while it was just me, you, and Ava, and Mommy, right? And then Jack came along and messed everything up, right? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, but, but when Jack came along, it was a new adjustment we had to make, right? Because yeah. we had a new baby. We had, we had a crib. I didn't really like him. I would used to always put my face in his crib, and he would always pull on my hair, and it yeah. hurt, and he would cry all night, and I didn't like it. I was thinking to myself, I don't like this baby, but but y'all know I probably do really love him. Oh, well, I have to compliment you because you are my extra set of eyes on Jack, and I do appreciate that. So... Uh, organizations and families they form then they storm to figure each other out a little bit then they normalize and then they start performing and going through a kind of a everyday flow you know workflow and there's an extra step that Tuckman talked about called adjourning it's when uh, a team kind of breaks up and goes on their uh, merry way so to speak and another thing I talked about the other night was this idea of paradoxes um, which is where you have to manage two different competing priorities, like what people want to do as individuals and what the priorities for the team are. That's what's called a paradox. And so we're going to start on new material, and uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't actually have a whole lot more for this chapter because it is a short chapter, but um, the last thing I talked about before um, started on new material was this relationship that managers individuals and teams have there's three parts and we have to kind of com- uh, manage all three of those aspects all right so we've got two three more slides and then we'll be done with this chapter and so the last few things to talk about are boundaries conflict and mining boundaries These are these space between teams and external forces, stakeholders, and pressures. It's a delicate balance of strategy, stakeholder management, and organizational behavior. The team manager must serve, in part, as a buffer to these external factors so they don't derail or distract the team from its goals. There are many sources of conflict for a team, whether it's due to a communication breakdown, competing views or goals, power struggle or conflicts between different personalities. The perception is that conflict is generally bad for a team and that it will inevitably bring the team down and cause them to spiral out of control or off become off track. You know, do you think conflict is bad, Bella? Um, like fighting? Yes. Yeah? Do you think fighting can uh, be a good thing sometimes, though, to help people figure things out? No. Yeah, you definitely want to try to keep conflict to a minimum. 
Uh, there's this other technique called mining. It can be used in teams that tend to avoid conflicts. This technique requires that one team member assumes the role of the miner of conflicts, someone who extracts buried disagreements within the team and sheds light, sheds light on them. And so uh, there's a great graphic I want to draw your attention to, and uh, it's Exhibit 15.7. It's how we respond to conflicts. Um, the best advice I can give you from a practical standpoint on managing conflict is that you, to address it, don't avoid it. Don't sweep it under the rug. If, if there is some type of conf- conflict that's brewing, go ahead and air it out and uh, go ahead and address it directly and don't avoid it. All right. And this last little bit uh, to mention with regard to managing teams is to talk about diversity. Uh, diversity is a word that's very commonly used today, but the importance of diversity and building diverse teams can sometimes get lost in the normal process of doing business. Um, there was this aspect of diversity we talked about in a previous chapter called deep and surface level diversity. Diversity for the surface is where we look at people from a gender and from a race, ethnicity perspective. But deep diversity is this idea of the way people think, the way they feel, uh, their experiences. And that sheds a whole new light and layer to the individual. And so you could have um, a good, diverse mix of people uh, with regards to surface level But sometimes it's good to have people from different cultures, backgrounds, uh, ideologies to really give you a rich, diverse environment. And so um, that is officially the last slide from chapter uh, 15 uh, on managing teams. I know that was a short chapter, but we are here at the very end of the semester and we are moving right along with our uh, uh, into our last chapter, which is going to be on ma- uh, managerial communication. And I'm just going to talk about that briefly kind of as, as a preview, um, and then we'll get into that last lecture next week. Yes, ma'am. Bella wants to chime in. Is this a short chapter or a long chapter? That's a good question. Both 15 and 16 are short chapters because we kind of get into the final week and uh, the final chapters, and um, some instructors... Like, they actually may not include every chapter in the book, but I really push to try to cover every chapter in the book just to, I guess, give students their money's worth and at least briefly touch on a topic so their students are familiar with that. But this chapter 16 on managerial communication basically talks about how we communicate, how information is received, uh, and understand the communication process. So in, in your opinion or understanding, Bella, what is communication? Do you know? Um, talking to each other. Okay, talking to each other. That's correct. There's a process that happens because before you even speak, if you're going to use speaking as a mode of communication, you have to think about what you're going to say, right? Yep, so you think that's called encoding. And then when you send out your message, that's called trans- transmitting. And then when I hear your speech or your whatever language, whether you're using body language or giving me a look or, or speaking to me, I have to decode uh, what you're telling me. I have to interpret what you're telling me. So communication is actually a little complicated, but we kind of take it for granted because 
we uh, we hear and understand instantly sometimes. Like if someone speaks another language, something like that, kind of. Right, right, right. So, yeah, there's many facets of communication. Um, uh, another thing we have to understand when it comes to managerial communication is the different types of communication that are within organizations, like speeches, one on one communication, small groups, email, and digital communication. Uh, there's this thing called the grapevine. Have you heard this song? I've heard it through the grapevine before. Um, the grapevine is basically a gossip uh, line that people talk, you know, kind of informally talk. And those gossip or grapevines do exist within organizations. Uh, and so we're going to get a little deeper into Chapter 16 uh, next Tuesday. That'll be our lecture on Chapter 16. But um, I guess for tonight, though, what else would you like to share with the students? Um, I hope you're safe and um, stay home and don't go to Walmart because <laughs> it's very dangerous. But, but if you do, wear gloves and a mask and sanitize after you get out. That's very good advice. And can I ask you, if you were a manager, Bella, what type of store manager would you be? Where would you like to work? McDonald's. And why would you like to work at McDonald's? Because I guess it's good. Yeah. And I, if, if I... If, I worked any other job, I would be a um, person who studies the weather. Oh, a meteorologist. Or a weather girl. Okay, so somebody that interprets the weather and presents it. A meteorologist is what they're called. Yeah. That's excellent. So you want to go to college and study maybe science? We'll see. How long do you have to stay in college for that? Oh, that's a good question. I think you can go um, probably, I would say six years maybe for with a master's degree, something like that. Yeah, but, well, it takes a long time to learn things. So, But uh, if you get to study something that you enjoy and it leads to a job that you enjoy, that's a good thing. So, all right. Well, I'm going to sign off, and I'm going to gonna tell everybody bye. So say goodbye to everybody. Bye. All right, folks, I appreciate your time and attention. And if you need anything at all, please uh, send me an email, and I'll be in touch again soon. Have a good day. Thank you so much for spending some time with me on the podcast. I hope you got something out of it and learned something that you can use in the world and share with others. If you did like it, please indicate so by liking, sharing, or going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. Until next time, I wish you well. Hey everybody, this is your favorite instructor, Ryan Bradshaw, and today we're covering Chapter 16. I'm going to go ahead and jump into the lecture because I actually have a telehealth appointment with my daughter. Um, and so it just to expedite this, I, I was it, kind of unexpected. I didn't realize that they were going to call uh, so soon. So in order to make sure I get some of this lecture to you, I want to go ahead and knock it out. But um, chapter 16 is basically about corporations. And I mentioned corporations last week. And... There really are some good advantages to every type of business, but every type is uh, unique and has unique good and bad that comes from it. Um, When I say bad, I don't necessarily mean bad. I mean that each one has unique 
opportunities it presents, challenges. Some are good benefits. Some are um, uh, kind of kind of be detriments, depending on how you look at it. So that's why it's important to structure your business from the start uh, in a way that will be beneficial to you. Um, and so and it's important to pick the right type of business structure because if you pick a LLC, for example, and your goal is to minimize your tax exposure as an individual, well, an LLC is not going to do that for you because what's going to happen, you're going to have a business set up that all the profits uh, and revenue flow through the LLC to you as an individual. An LLC, if you remember, um, will shield you from liability. It limits your liability. But from a tax standpoint, all that money is still going to flow to you as an individual, and you're going to have to report that on your individual tax returns. And I know like all that stuff is not interesting, but believe me, you may, you, you may not be in business now. You may not ever open a business, but there may come a time when you say, you know, I'm going to open this business, and here we go. But you didn't structure your business the, the, the appropriate way, and now you've got a setup that's really uh, kind of doesn't doesn't maximize your benefits when it comes to taxes. And so you need to always consult with a tax professional about these issues because they can give you solid advice as to what's the most appropriate um, financial setup for you. Um, in any case. Uh, my son's in here, so if you hear him laugh or sneeze or something, it's just you have to ignore that. Um, but anyway, um, with regards to corporations uh, and taxes, corporations do not have a flow-through. So if a business has $100,000 in revenue and then um, the revenue, is, if you do 100000 revenue, let's say you make 20000 in profit, well, on an LLC, you have to claim that twenty thousand unless you have some substantial write-offs to offset it. Um, and so, let's say that you don't have those write-offs, and you're having to claim that extra twenty thousand. Well, that may bump you up to a new tax bracket. Uh, it may increase your tax exposure. There's just all kinds of possibilities. But with a corporation, corporations are treated as individual. I guess they have personhood status, and so. With that being said, you could retain those profits on the corporate side and not have them affect you as an individual. So you don't have to pay yourself out through a dividend or a salary. Uh, you can just leave, leave those profits on the corporate side and have them kind of grow year after year depending on what your business does. And so some things about corporations that the book talks about, it's easy uh, to form, you know, uh, they're uh, easy to determine ownership and control. They're easy to transfer the interest because of shares. Yeah, that's a big difference. Corporations have shares, whereas partnerships do not. Uh, it's easier to get financing if you have a, a corporation. And taxation is different. We've talked about that already a little bit. Um, what else does the book say? Let me get to the next part here. So corporate veil, the legal entity... Additional factors in having a corporation as a form of ownership, the corporation is a legal entity in its own right. One person can provide a veil that protects its shareholder from personal liability. Sole proprietors and businesses are one and the same. 
she takes uh, like for example she takes business uh risk it's her own capital she is risking when the manager of a corporation takes a, a corporate action they are risking the capital of others the shareholders and so there's a little difference there so piercing the corporate veil Given the importance of the corporate entity as a veil that limits shareholder liability, it's important to note that in certain circumstances, the court may reach beyond the wall of the protection that divides a corporation from the people or entities that exist behind it. This is known as piercing the corporate veil. It will occur in two instances, when the corporation is used to commit fraud or injustice, uh, or when the corporation does not act as if it were one. This occurs in limited circumstances and comes to play when failure to follow corporate formalities, risks that small corporations run into, such as one or two shareholders. Particular factors that bring this rule into play includes inadequate capitalization, omission of regular meetings, failure to record minutes of meetings, failure to file annual reports, and commingling of corporate and personal assets like using corporate checkbook as a personal checkbook paying personal expenses out of it all that will destroy the corporate veil so to speak other personal liability shareholders operating outside of the corporation in a personal capacity federal law permits the IRS to recover from the responsible persons any withholding taxes collected by the corporation but not actually paid over to the US Treasury so if you set up a corporation uh, as a tax like haven, and you're just using the the corporation to pay for personal expenses and treat it like a a personal account, yeah, that that idea is gonna destroy the whole veil that you have set up as a corporation. So to say that a corporation is a person does not automatically describe what its rights are for the courts have not afforded the corporation every right guaranteed to a natural person. This idea of personhood is, is pretty uh, novel and it's interesting because when you do establish a corporation, you're basically giving birth to a artificial person for all intents and purposes. And that person, that corporation has certain rights and they have benefits that that, that 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 are in the tax code and so citizen united versus federal election commission in 2010 that the government may not suppress the first amendment rights of political speech because the speaker is a corporation rather than a natural person and to give you a little bit of background about citizens united this was an idea that corporations if they're people they have a right to free speech and they should have a right to give unlimited money that they they recognize as, as speech uh, in order to political campaigns. And so what this allowed for is the creation of something called a super PAC. You may have heard that term before. Super PACs are basically large funds that corporations donate to. And these funds are used in political warfare. They're... They're used to collect large amounts of money or pool large amounts of money, and they are used to buy ads, to do research, to uh, basically um, use, be used as a method of attack and defense in, in political movement. So um, 
if you're if you're running for office and bless you <laughs> my son will not allow me I'm trying to record. Thank you for your your politeness. Uh, My son will not allow me to record this morning, so it's okay. But anyway, um, if you are a uh, corporation and you want to get somebody elected because they will help you politically, you're going to um, vote. You're going to vote for that individual, but you're also going to want to donate money to a super PAC because a super PAC will use that money to help uh, buy ads that will support your candidate but also harm the opponent of the candidate you want to win. Oftentimes, very large corporations will donate money and resources to both campaigns, both people running. And what happens is no matter who wins, a corporation has an interest in that individual. So there's this human psychology that comes into play. If somebody just walked up to you and gave you a $100 bill, you would think, wow, I really appreciate this $100 bill that somebody's given me. And you would feel this need, this this unmet need to want to reciprocate in some way. This person gave me $100. I feel so fortunate that they've given me uh, $100. And so... Um, you would just be so grateful and thankful. And so I'm going to take a time out here because the telehealth call is coming, but I want to pick it right back with personhood.